Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, hope you're all well. Mark O'Hare here from We Love Betting, joined as ever by Yorkshire's top punter Tom Love and Wiltshire's favourite farmer Will Dyer. Um, how are we doing chaps? Tom, I'll start with you. Will was wonderfully revealing last weekend. Uh, what have you got for us? Tell us, the listeners. Something interesting we don't already know about you. Go ahead. Hmm. Um, well, you probably won't believe it, but I was chosen at primary school to um, sing for the Bradford Choir. Um, <laughs> which is something that, if you heard me sing now, I mean, you'd be offended. So, yeah, <laughs> bizarre. Um, especially given this very deep and monotone voice that I have. It's, it's it was a, once the voice of an angel. Literally, yeah. Um, I, and I actually refused <laughs> refused to uh, partake in that to the school's uh, disgust, and um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was consequently abandoned from the rounders team. So where's the justice in that? <laughs> God. Still seething about it. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. <laughs> yeah um it's just it's just a disgrace really but what can you do <laughs> will uh over to you then any more referees chat with your with your other half this week um presumably she's been researching this weekend's fourth officials on your behalf and she's already <laughs> over the, the var appointments yeah uh no she hasn't um but <laughs> i've been i had been going on about um old old boys in the on the in the a-league getting yellow cards uh, the other day to her and i don't really know why i why i brought that up to to her to be honest <laughs> what's the reaction just a shrug of the shoulders or pretty much mate yeah like, <laughs> she just yeah. listens but she's not really listening at the same time yeah i know the, i know the sort um right let, let's move on then because uh we've got plenty to discuss but first of all just a, a very small plea if, if you're listening and you've enjoyed our content uh we love betting has been nominated for an sbc award uh we're all incredibly proud and humbled to be alongside some of the real big hitters in the industry and we'd really love your support so if you have enjoyed the podcast if you have enjoyed any of the content on site uh, all the, the gold members channel that Tom and I are a part of, uh, we'd absolutely love your vote. It would mean the world. Uh, there's a few prizes up for grabs if you do vote. So if that's your bag, I think entry details can be found on our Twitter page or on the website. And uh, thank you if you do put us in your vote. Um, right, let's move into the good stuff. A couple of standout Premier League games to look forward to this weekend. We're going to focus on Saturday evening's game between Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur. City around one to three to win this, 1.33. Spurs as big as nine to one if you shop around uh, to win that the Etihad. Um, you don't really want to overreact too much to one performance and one result, but it felt like a, a statement win for me uh, in Man City's win at Anfield last weekend. They're going to take some stopping now if they're going to win the title. Obviously, still plenty to play for, but uh, even if they reduce their performance levels by, by 5% or so, between now and May, it's going to be hard to stop them with the numbers that they're producing. Um, hard to really know what to make of Spurs, though. Um, I suppose they'll, they'll try and contain and counter here. Work to treat against City in the last two or three Premier League games. They've played each other. They've been absolutely dominated, but managed to come out smelling the roses in, in two of those games. And the XG against them has been absolutely ridiculous. But uh, 
Hard to see that plan working again. Um, I like the six to five on City to win and under three and a half goals, but uh, that's my view. Over to Tom Love. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring up that um, that XG figure. I, I think they had two shots in the entire game, did Spurs, and they managed to win. Uh, the the shots total to about 0.2 expected goals, something like that. So, yeah, it's it's just one of those where everyone was kind of saying how how good a performance it was from Spurs. It wasn't. Um, they were just extremely lucky. I mean, the worst teams in the league got to City and have more shots than that. Um, and any other day than City would win that. So, yeah, I think if Spurs come with a similar approach here, I, think, I do think they'll probably come unstuck. Um, you, but you, you do have to kind of look at uh, the record at the Etihad. And it isn't only in the league that they've done well. I think in the Champions League they went there and uh, Son on the break caused some real uh, carnage. But that was under Pochettino, I think, that year. Um, not quite the same under Mourinho. So, yeah, I, I can understand a lot of people looking at City's price here at 1-3 to three and thinking um, that might be a little bit short. But... I mean, I, I tried to go against them last week, thinking that they'll settle for a draw at Anfield, but it, it wasn't anything of the kind, and they deservedly won, so hands up, got that one completely wrong. But I think that um, they've, they've not really turned it on like that uh, this season. They've been happy to win 1-2-0, and two nil, so your kind of angle there, Matt, where you're looking at the winning under 3.5, I've got a pretty similar one here. Um, but I'm, tr- I'm getting a little bit more on side if we can. I'm just going to go into the bet Victor bet builder for my bet here. I'm going to take Man City to win under 4.5 goals and each team under 3.5 cards, which pays even money. Um, I think that's quite a nice way in. So there you're getting a whole host of score lines on your side and. Um, I just think with the cards angle, when, when I look at how this game's probably going to play out, it's going to be, as you mentioned, Spurs sitting in, probably conceding 70% possession um, and not really engaging. And when when that happens, there's not many fouls given away. So any kind of free kick markets here, if you're looking at Man City free kicks, it wouldn't really be something for me um, just because they'll happily sit off have the ball in front of them, and that's where the danger isn't going to be. So that's that's what Mourinho's thinking is going to be there. And I think that um, cards, therefore, will be quite thin on the ground. I think if anyone's going to pick up cards, it might be Man City uh, with Spurs on the break. just depends how often they get out. Um, but City have kind of reined it in a little bit from a cards perspective of where being pretty low on cards in a lot of their games. And I'm, I appreciate that Paul Tain is the ref here, but um, you could still have six cards in this game and still land the bet. Um, so I'm, I'm not expecting tons of cards. Spurs have only seen uh, four or more team cards once this season. And the same goes for City. Um, and I just think from the scoreline perspective, I, a lot will be looking at that 4-1 and thinking, oh man, City are going to, um, pummel Spurs here, but I just can't really see it. I think Mourinho can't allow himself to be embarrassed. I think he's quite egotistical in that way, and he, he just won't. He, if he loses 2-0, he can say, well, they've got a, 
much better squad. They've spent so much more money, etc. He'll have his um, excuses at the at the forefront of his mind already. So, yes, yeah, City have seen um, all eight of the home league wins this season come to nil, uh, which is really interesting. Something that I, I knew that their defence was good, but that record was um, quite startling and. I do think if they are going to win, it will be kind of a 2-0, 3-0 job. So I'd much rather take them to win an under four and a half goals than any kind of handicap. And also, if you take that, you get the 3-1 and 4-1 on side and the 2-1. Um, the 2-1 and 3-1, sorry, not the 4-1. Uh, so, yeah, you get plenty more on side if you take the under five goals. So I like that kind of way in. Um, I just think how they've coped without... De Bruyne uh, has been excellent, to be fair. I've, I've, I thought he'd be a massive miss for them, but Gundogan stepped up and been a bit more creative and Foden's really coming to the fore, isn't he? So, yeah, they, they'll have too much for Spurs. I think Spurs midweek were horrible at the back and um, I can't see them kind of defending like that again. Um, whenever that happens, Marino's going to go even more defensive. So, yeah. Man City to win under four and a half goals and each team to have under 3.5 cards. It's round even money with Bet Victor on their Bet Builder. I think that's a, a good way to get some value out of this game, to be honest. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Uh, over to you then, Will. What's your take on uh, Spurs' trip to City on Saturday? Yeah, um, I think you painted it very nicely with the whole um, thing about the XG over the last three meetings between them and I, I'll just kind of add to that even more because I think it's the way that we kind of have to view this game is um, those that it was basically City have had 70 shots to Spurs 10 in across those <laughs> three fixtures and I, I thought it was quite funny that I was looking at the shot lines for this and Betfair have City as 1 to 200 on for 10 plus shots but Spurs are 13 to 8 for 10 plus shots <laughs> so there's a difference between these two right now um and if you start i will i, I obviously with these line shots lines the bookies just don't give you an, an option on unders which is quite frustrating but the reality with a lot of betting markets really and um because uh, i was gonna try and think about how can we get against um spurs having any shots or many shots um in the match um you can maybe do some shots handicaps with some bookmakers but it's only sort of virgin bet and a, a couple like 888 so and they're not up yet so and looking at the lines really city averaging 16 shots per game and spurs are on 13 shots per game against um the higher lines have that about right really with it's basically expecting about 17 shots for city so not really any juice in anywhere there, unfortunately. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've lost a fair bit of interest in the Premier League lately with the sort of wall-to-wall football every day to match our sort of wall-to-wall existence at the moment. So, mm. But I just, uh, I don't really want to watch a Premier League match every day for six consecutive days or however many days it was last week. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and obviously City are unbeaten in, in 21 now broke that record last night winning 15 straight games so I, I was saying a few weeks ago I think that I wasn't massively like blown away by them but I, I kind of guess I have to take that back a little bit in the over the last couple of games and although obviously the Liverpool match last weekend there were a couple of howlers from Allison, um which kind of drove that they, they were still clearly the better team um I didn't 
I watched the highlights of that Spurs game against Everton last night, and it's a bit weird, isn't it? Four four out of nowhere. Um, they were actually getting forward, and clearly the game state when they were three one down must have driven a lot of the reason why they were having so many attempts. But they they did start on the front foot as well by the looks of it. So you think that you'd have to think like like Tom said that they'll reel that in here. Um, it's not going to work taking taking on City like that. Um, City are obviously first for XG ratio, but Spurs have sunk to 10th on that as well. So um, I really can't get with um, Spurs, but, but not really sure about anything to do with City in terms of a um, any sort of handicap markets either. Because I could see it, like you say, a sort of City win with under 3.5 goals being sort of what we, we might get here. I just like basically trying to get with City having shots and I don't normally do this, but I put up a player um, prop line instead. Um, I like Phil Foden to have two shots on target at nine to four with Sky Bet. Um, I think everyone was clearly saying after um, after this game against um, Liverpool Anfield that that was maybe one of his, his breakout performance. Obviously, everyone's known about him for a fair for a fair while, but that was a real man of the match display, and he's had a shot on target in five of his last six Premier League starts and if City can win that shot count like 25 to 3 like they have over the, on average over the last three games I think it's got quite good legs it's a little bit shorter with other bookies um, but yeah 9 to 4 and him having a shot on target and I was absolutely gutted I think I put it up on the podcast although we, we didn't like write it down anywhere um, Gundogan to score a penalty last weekend and he missed it obviously Um <laughs> So, but unfortunately now Bet Victor, even though he's missed that, have clocked on and he's now the favourite to take a penalty uh, with Sterling moved out to over 10 to 1. Um, so they flipped it around the prices. And I think um, although Gundogan has now obviously missed that one, that could mean potentially Sterling might take the next, but not going to chance anything on that. And I like Tom said, really, with Tierney uh, um, as the ref, cards look about right. I, I expect we'll probably only get about three in total. He's... He's been a bit weird. He's given three, only given, um, he's given three or less cards in three of his last four games. But prior to that, we were talking about him being one of the informed refs where he'd given 50 plus booking points in, in nine of 16. So not really sure I can call cards either, um, but I don't expect it to be massively crazy. Um, and I still just want to look out for a city, a dip at some point. I think it's overdue. It'll come, but whether it comes here, I'm not going to chance too much on it, so I'll just have that Foden bet. Was that one shot on target or two shots on target? Two two shots on target at nine to four. Yeah, yeah. So nice, nice standing bet there, Will. Nicely found and and shared. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, Tom put his uh, usual poll up on Wednesday uh, to see which game he wanted us to cover from the continent outside of the Premier League. There were two humdingers from Syria to look forward to, so. Clearly, they were in the running, and it was uh, Inter's game against Lazio on Sunday night, which uh, won the vote. Uh, Inter Milan, four to five shots to win at home. That's 1.8. Uh, Lazio just shy of four to one uh, to win at the San Siro. Will, what's your view on the big game in Italy? Yeah, Valentine's Day evening. What else are you going to do but have a romantic night watching Inter v Lazio? I'll uh, I'll try and see if I can, get, <laughs> so I can watch the game anyway. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, what do I think about this one? Um, uh, I think Inter are probably about right at, at four to five to win this. Um, Lazio is slightly overperforming on the data. 
they have 40 points from an expected 32, whereas Inter are about right, really, second on XG ratio, second in the table. Um, obviously, we previewed Atalanta Lazio two weekends ago, um, and unfortunately, Tom and I both said him and Bile to score, um, and he got pulled off. Well, obviously, Lazio scored three. Um, <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't in in amongst the goals, shockingly, and he was pulled off. I think it was like the 80th minute for Mariki, who t- who came on, and Andreas Pereira played a square pass uh, to an open goal, basically to Mariki, which would have been Immobile if it happened five minutes earlier. So that was a bit of a disappointment. But um, my my point about Atalanta really was that they they are not far off Inter on all the data metrics, and and Lazio kind of I didn't make them look stupid or anything like that, but Lazio shot them eight to fifteen. So this is no gimme for Inter. Um, I wouldn't. I won't be back in the four to five. I don't think. I think it's probably about right. Um, all we talked, we touched on all the, the finance problems going on there. Um, players' wages not being paid on time, and the the, own, the owning group is considering selling the club. And obviously, they were knocked out of a, a Europe as well. Um, with finishing bottom of that Champions League, so um, uh, that kind of big financial sort of setback could um, could impact them and. I think they're having to pay Hakimi's installments to Real Madrid a bit later in March or something. So this is really a key season for them. Next weekend is the um, Milan derby as well. So huge, huge couple of weeks for Inter. If they can navigate this, then maybe Tom's right. Maybe they will win the win the Serie A or the Scudetto. Um, if not, they might start to lose some players like Lautaro Martinez has been linked with City and, and Barcelona and Hakimi as well. I think may, they may struggle to hold on to him with these payment problems as well. Um, both teams have been knocked out of the Coppa Italia. Uh, Lazio knocked out against Atalanta and then obviously got revenge against them in the on the same pitch um, the, week, the week later. Um, and then, yeah, Inter getting held to... Well, only one goal over two legs against Juve. So both can sort of focus back on the league now. Um, what I'd kind of pulled out from this game was that I felt um, 21 of 29 um, Inter's goals at home this season have come in the second half. And Lazio have won their last six in the league uh, and scored after 60 minutes in all of those six games. So both teams are kind of coming alive in the second half at the moment. Um and both teams to score in the second half is two to one with most bookies, with, with Bet365, Sky, Betfair, Paddy Power. Um, so I'll, I'll put that up as my first bet. And then the other one, I think Tom's pointed to it on the on the Wheeler Bet and Gold group as well um, with the Lazio cards recently. Um, the team's oppositions both pick up a similar amount of cards each. Um, 2.67 against Lazio and 2.47 against Inter. But when you look at Lazio themselves and into themselves, Lazio pick up 3.14 cards per game. I think it's the second highest in the Serie A, whereas Inter are the second lowest, um, second cleanest um, at 1.95 cards per game. And uh, you can get Lazio at evens for most cards with bet 365. I think that seems fair. Uh, referee is Michael Fabry. He's ref both teams twice since the start of last season, um, given into four cards combined across those games and Lazio nine. So maybe he has a couple sort of bugbears with the Romans. Um, and yeah, <laughs> he, uh, overall, the, the ref, though, he's quite poor for 
for totals, he's only sort of 5.26 cards per game and the line is at 5.5. So there's no real scraps to be had on that. And on penalties per game, he's quite mundane at, at 0.28. On red cards, though, he could be an interest. He's, he's 0.33 per game lifetime, so one in three. Uh, so you can get anything sort of north of 5 to 2, 11 to 4. There's no, there's no markets available yet. Then I'll be interested in that bet as well. But for now... Um, I don't really want to try and call this game. I think high scoring is probably fair. So both teams have scored a second half at 2-1. to one. And then Lazio uh, at evens for most cards with bet 365. There might be a couple other bookies that go slightly bigger on that because it's only bet 365 of a price right now. Okay, two nice angles there from Will. Over to you then, Tom. Hinter against Lazio. What's your angle or have you found a few? Yeah, there's one angle that I like. Um it's falling on relatively similar lines to Will. Um, I'll, I'll come on to that in a bit, but I just think that, again, it, it's going to be such an entertaining second half of the season in Serie A with this title race because I appreciate the likes of Roma have kind of dropped off a little bit, um, but Lazio come right into it, actually. Uh, they've won six in a row in the league now. And I do think that they could uh, make it difficult for Inter just because they're in that run. They've they've beaten the likes of Roma, Sassuolo, and Atalanta. Really strong efforts, and I think that the fact that they've only conceded three goals in that run too is quite interesting because I usually have them down as a a team that are good going forward but a bit shaky at the back. So getting some kind of consistency there in in their performances and results. And I just think that Inzaghi deserves so much credit because they, they've not really spent any money. They've not done anything in the transfer window for what feels like three or four years. Um, so what what he's done in improving all the players and, and the team as a collective has been unbelievable. And he probably isn't getting the, the credit he deserves. He got, he got them through their group in the Champions League too. I know they've got Bayern next. Think it is so. Um, probably not going to go any further in that, but they're, they're definitely a team to be respected. And um, I did think Inter were a little bit short here, even though they were uh, a decent enough team at home. Did stingers? Um, I'm probably not uh, not getting them on side, but after the stingers at Udinese that time about a month or so ago. But I do think that. After I, I had said that they'd be the bet for the Scudetto, I still think they will win the league, to be honest. But it, it's getting a bit more perilous. And Conte, once again, coming out morning, midweek, I actually think he is the most negative and depressing manager I've ever seen when it comes <laughs> to when it comes to press conferences and stuff. I mean, uh, there were talk about. Um, uh, Agnelli family who own Juventus um, kind of taking his star off uh, after he won won the league with them and he's not really got any friends in the media and it's very easy to see why he's just a massive a massive tosser it seems like um, but I, I think that um, I think that what he, he's doing with the, with Milan is good but at the price it's here, I can't be having them. So I'm I'm going to kind of swerve the outright market. I'm going to go into the bet builder market. And I'm going to take something that um, 
I put up before in Syria, and it's over one match goal, and both teams over one card, which is even money. We bet three six five. Um, yeah, Will covered the ref Fabry, who's a really good appointment. Uh, dishes out plenty. Uh, his record's really good last season as well. I was looking back to that, but this season he's given two or more cards to each team in seven of eight Serie A games, which is really strong. So I looked at the price on that eight to thirteen. I thought it's a little bit short. Um, I, but I, I think if you chuck in the over one goal angle. It's, it's much more backable at evens. Um, over one goals landed in pretty much every Lazio game, apart from the one I put up. I had him to score two and uh, have two cards last week, and they only managed to win 1 0 against the worst defence in the league in um, Cagliari. I think that's how you pronounce it, isn't it, Mark? Um, well played. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think when you're looking at the cards angle, Will makes a good point. I looked at Inter uh, and their card record, and it is low for Serie A standards. But I did a bit more digging, and if you look at the games against the big teams, uh, they're usually really good for cards. Uh, so Inter have only seen both teams have over one card in 43% of games. But it's delivered in games against Roma, Lazio in the reverse fixture. Juventus, Napoli and AC Milan this season. Um, so it's more against the Leicester Lights, where they'll probably dominate the ball and not really have to make too many fouls. Um, yeah, I think that, given the magnitude again of this game, with it being pretty much uh, two teams in the title running, I am expecting cards, especially with this good ref. So, yeah, I, Lazio have seen both sides collect two or more cards in over three quarters of their games this season. Uh, admittedly, it's a bit more stronger at home, but I, I am liking the look of cards here, and uh, goals should be on the agenda as well. So, yeah, um, there's not too much at the minute uh, that I've seen elsewhere, just because of the lack of markets with this being on a Sunday night. I'll, I'll maybe look into the uh, shop markets as well. Maybe look at someone like Luis Alberto if he's available for Lazio. Always seems to be quite nicely priced in these markets. Breaking from midfield, he's always a decent bet for a shot on target. Um, but there's no prices at the minute. So, yeah, just the one bet here for me. Over one match goal and both teams over one card. At even money, I think that looks nice. Lovely stuff. Looking forward to that game on Sunday night. Yes, it's Valentine's Day, but I know what I'll be doing that <laughs> evening. Um, right, business time. We're going to get the guys' naps, next bests, and uh, long shots too. We'll start with the latter, as we always do, and we'll go back to Will. What's your long shot, please? Yep, cool. Um, I've got a Dortmund-Hoffenheim long shot on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, rewind to last season, and this game um, at the Westfalen Stadium um, was 4-0 to Hoffenheim with Andre Kramerich bagging all four um, and if he does that again then my bet will win this weekend um, Hoffenheim yeah that's that time around we're priced at just 11-4 to to win that day and, and this time now they're 11-2 uh, they have they have had a bit of a tough time so far this season but they've redeemed it a little bit lately um they've gone one two drawn one lost two in the last five and both of those defeats were against sides in the top four eintracht frankfurt and bayern um and i think that the price on them could be a little unfair i was considering going for hoffenheim to just on the on the to win they're just shy of six to one 
Um, because Dortmund are in a real rough patch as well. They've only won one of their last five, thoroughly off the pace, really, for for anything to do with the title, um, and even potentially even European qualification at this rate. Um, even failed to to beat second bottom uh, Mainz a couple of weeks ago at home. Um, and uh, yeah, the black and yellows have only won one of their last six against uh, the the Kreitschgauer. Um, so <laughs> very good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I guess we should just start bringing up all these nicknames on, on purpose, just to just to test Mark's <laughs> opinion of our pronunciation every week. Um, but uh, some of the reasons for these issues, they've had a couple injuries at the back, Zagadou and uh, Roman Berkey as well, the first choice keeper. Uh, he's out for the fourth game in a row this weekend, confirmed with a shoulder injury. And his backup, Marwin Hitz, struggled last weekend against Freiburg. Uh, there's been rumours around... Uh, Berkey leaving in the summer um, and potentially Peter Galaxy from Leipzig coming in but um, who knows what will happen there but anyway the second choice keeper isn't really up to scratch they might welcome back Torgan Hazard to the, to the uh, team this weekend after he's been back in training for from six weeks suspension so maybe some pr- uh, sort of attacking potential um, back on their side but um, yeah the I've got a creative little bet, at least for the long shot. Anyway, um, it's it's nineteen to five for for Kramerich to score any time, uh, and Hoffenheim plus one point five Asian handicap. So, I mean, uh, Kramerich is two to one to score any time on a, on his own, and and Hoffenheim plus one point five Asian handicap is four to six. But I feel like if you're going to get a Hoffenheim goal or a Kramerich goal for that matter, it's quite likely that the handicap bet's going to win already. Um, and the way this bet builder works on Sports Nation, um, which is where this bet is at 19 to 5, doesn't seem to maybe account for that so much. Um, as we're getting 19 to 5 on on a combination of of a for two to one and a four to six bet, um, I would have felt it would have been a bit shorter than 19 to 5. But uh, so it looks like a good double for me that the Croat um, has scored seven goals in his last nine games, powered himself up to fifth in the Golden Boot rankings again, and. He scored in four of his last eight starts against BVB uh, since joining TSG in, in 2016. Um, overall, it just it looks like from the, on the form books that, that Dortmund are struggling and, and Hoffenheim maybe a little bit of pressure's come off of them that they were potentially, I wouldn't say they were staring down the barrel of rele- relegation. They've been in the Bundesliga since 2008 now after... Um, some some great work from like Dietmar Hopp, uh, the local entrepreneur that, that owns them and got them up, and now they just feel like a stalwart really in the in the league for such a small small club from a tiny little village in in Kreisgau. But yeah, um, I think that they might have the pressure off from here, and and Kramerich has, I mean, for season after season, been scoring a ridiculous amount of goals, and can can take advantage hopefully of Dortmund's poor form. So yeah, that's it's nineteen to five. Uh, just a reminder, because I know it's a bit complicated. Bet on on Kramich to score any time, and Hoffenheim plus one and a half Asian goals at Sports Nation. So essentially, uh, Hoffenheim can lose by one goal, or or draw or win the match um, themselves, and that, and that part of the bet will win. Nice, really interesting angle that Will. I uh, haven't heard that before too often, so nice to hear something new, uh, really interesting, and obviously uh, can vouch for the bet too. Kramerich has been in flying form, and sometimes Hoffenheim do seem like a one-man team when he's playing. Uh, over to you then, Tom, for your long shot. 
Yeah, I like that angle. Actually, Hoffenheim were one of the teams on my list for a long shot at that price. I thought it looked really big, uh, historically really good away from home as well. Hoffenheim much better away than at home. So, yeah, really like that angle. Something a bit different. Um, I'm going to stay in Deutschland. Um, <laughs> and uh, going to take a player. Actually, my long shot on my next best uh, actually in the same game. Um but my long shot is going to be a player-based player, and it's an, another brilliant name for you, Elvis Rechbejai, to start any time. Done, done that very well, Tom. Well played. Yeah, I've been practising that one. Um, actually, one person who you must follow on Twitter if you want everything to do with Bundesliga and German football and pronunciation is Derek Ray. He's a brilliant uh, Scottish commentator who born in Scotland but he, he does a lot of stuff for the Bundesliga um, does some brilliant stuff on not only German football but German culture stuff like that so I must follow on Twitter there for you but yeah Elvis Rechbejai, um is a midfielder for Köln uh, they're away at Eintracht Frankfurt this weekend and I'm looking at the price of him to score any time 13-2 to with Bet365 I've got to have a tickle on that, to be honest. He's, he's around 4-1 to one in most places, which is nearer to what I'd have it. Um, he, he's on five goals now, is the midfielder. He breaks into the box really well. Um, he was kind of in and out of the FC team quite a lot last season. Um, he's kind of nailed down the place now under Marcus Gustav and He's a player that's really impressed me in the last few weeks. I've been, I've watched um, the last couple of Kern games actually, and they've beaten uh, Schalke, which is again that they probably should have won. Um, then they won a home game. I can't remember who that was against, but they won the the Rhine derby against Munchen Gladbach away from home last week, uh, which is a massive win for them. Big derby that. Uh, I thought it would be Kern and Dusseldorf that really go at it. Um, against each other but uh, I went to that part of the world last uh, couple of years ago and yeah they, they don't like each other it's more Gladbach and Kern and um, they deservedly won I thought I thought defensively they were actually quite good um, Kern which is something that you rarely say um, they've been pretty terrible but this guy uh, bagged a brace he was the man of the match uh, really excellent and he's in good form he had two or more shots on target in that game of course and he had two or more shots on target the game before that uh, so when we get some shot prices I'll be looking at him to have two or more shots on target but yeah he's coming up against a, a Frankfurt side that are really good going forward at the minute but they always leave the back door open um, I think that they they'll, they'll concede here and I'll get onto that in my next best. But, yeah, this guy looks like a real threat breaking from midfield. He's, his pressing game's really strong. And when he's through on goal, his finishing's been excellent too. And it looks like he's kind of the, the attacking midfielder who's going to support the striker, which is likely to be Emmanuel Dennis, who they signed from Club Brugge in January, which is an excellent addition. Uh, Anthony Modeste has gone to France, so it's a, it's a nice little uh, replacement there in Dennis, and he's kind of a probably a little bit bit more quality about him than Modeste, and 
bringing the most out of Rech Bajai. Um, as he kind of stretches the defences, uh, this guy can kind of take advantage of that space that's left in behind. So 13-2 to score any time for Elvis Rech Bajai for Kern against Frankfurt. That's going to be my long shot. That's with Bet365. Lovely stuff. Stay with you then, Tom, for your next best. Yeah, same game. I'm going to go with both teams to score and over 2.5 goals here. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a price that really stood out to me. Um, 11 to 10 with Bet365 on their bet builder if you combine BTTS and others. Um, yeah, just following on from that, Kern have had a real resurgence of where uh, Reshbajai, Dennis, uh, they brought in Max Meyer to Marius Wolf scored two uh, a fortnight ago. So they're getting their act together going forward. Um, and although they did keep the, the back door shut quite well against Gladbach, who were really underwhelming in that derby, um, I do think that they're probably going to concede here. Uh, if you look at the data defensively, it's been pretty abysmal all season. Gisdol is quite an attack-focused manager. He's never really had a, a good defence when he was at Hoffenheim before as well. Um, so I, I think Frankfurt will, will be good to score a couple of goals here. Uh, Frankfurt side that are in excellent form under Adi Hütte, who's a manager that I love. I think that it, it's no surprise that they're going well. Um, they're not in Europe at the minute either, which is going to give them more focus on the league. And they're racking up the goals. Uh, Andre Silva up front has been excellent. I can't believe his name hasn't been mentioned with any of the top clubs in England. Um, I just think he's got everything for a striker, still quite young as well, and he's benefiting really from that attacking approach from Hutan. Um, even though they lost the likes of Haller, Jovic and Rebic that summer, Jovic now back at the club, but he can't get in the team uh, just because Silva's really pulling up so many trees there. But Jovic, he's coming off the bench and scoring as well. And uh, great to see Philip Kostic back to his best in recent times. I think goals and back-to-back games for him. And a great assist as well for Silva at Hoffenheim last week. Um, Silva's 19-20 any time, which is interesting with Skybet. Um, is is around 8-15 with Bet365. So... That's one I put up in the in the gold channel, which came off last week, and I think his price again looks quite tempting. But I'm more than happy to take BTTS and overs here at the odds against Quartz. It's landed in the last six Frankfurt games, and Kern have seen BTTS and overs in four of the last five. Um, that included a cup game against Jan Regensburg, in the, uh, I think that was last midweek. Um, so yeah, they're not great at the back. Kern. And Frankfurt flying going forward, but they always leave the back door open. So, really surprised that you can get BTTS and overs at around 11 to 10, given over two and a half, around four to seven, if not shorter. Um, I do expect Kern to score. So, yeah, really strong on that. I'm uh, taking that as my next best. Nice. Good to hear you sounding very confident there. Uh, over to you then, Will, for your next best. Yeah, cool. Up the, uh, the Geisberger. Um, got a little umlaut over the O there as well to just to help us with the pronunciations. My uh, <laughs> my next best ah oh, no, it's my nap actually. That's a uh, French one. I was going to say my my West Germanic pronunciation is far better than my my uh, 
Latin or French uh, pronunciation. Mm. But anyway, my, my next best is, is just Wimbledon versus Rochdale, very local to me. Um, Rochdale games averaging by far and away the most in the league. Three, 3.52 goals per game in League One. Um, incredibly as well, that their 41 goals scored is uh, only bettered by two teams in League One, which is Portsmouth and Doncaster, yet, yet they are 18th, which is just one of those things that you get when he's there's always one team that does that and just absolutely scores a load but concedes a load as well um and yeah they've conceded 54 which is more than anyone else so that's that explains really why i guess why they're 18th uh the data as well i kind of does show a bit of an over index on expected goals for for dale um expected to have only scored 29 instead they have got 41 um so they've clearly been a bit efficient in front of goal that might not continue so much but um Whilst um, Wimbledon are marginally better than uh, as well on, on most metrics than Dale, they did concede two to Wigan last weekend. I, I had Wimbledon as my my next best last weekend for a uh, draw no bet basically, and they pulled it off with a three two win there. But um, quite concerned at the fact they conceded two to Wigan, and it's now eight of their last nine that they've conceded two or more goals. Um, they are obviously under um, temporary interim management at the moment. Um, Managerless technically for like two weeks now. Mark Robinson um, is is in charge. He's been there since two thousand and four um, on the coaching staff, and he's he's current favourite for for permanent uh, permanently for the job um, with Danny Cowley, Jason Yule, and Chris Powell around three to one for uh, three to one to six to one to maybe take over. Um, but Robinson's brought in a, a new set pieces coach, tinkered around with a bit of the planning and presentations to the team and things. And um, they did have the best start to the season um, that they've had since promotion um, to League One. Um, but it has really disintegrated. Um, as for Rochdale, uh, <laughs> they're trying to improve their poultry return of just one win in, in 10 matches. Um, I think it's 12 that they haven't won in a row now at Spotland. But they're pretty good away from home um no one scored more than them away from home in the league uh i believe or there might be one one club um but they've got 24 in 13 away games um so they're averaging 1.84 goals per game uh on the road compared to just 1.2 at spotland and so five of their six league wins as well have come away from home um matty lund has got 11 goals now this season. He was in the shortlist for January Player of the Month um, after having four sh- four goals and three assists in 2021. Um, and yeah, uh, Brian Barry Murphy apparently has insisted he's not fearing the sack despite this real quite poor run of form. Um, only one one home win in 18 matches in all competitions this season. So there there are some kind of strange stats for Rochdale. Um, that kind of I wanted to get with them in this fixture really um away from home they're they're quite they're good on other metrics um fifth highest pass completion fifth highest pass completion percentage um in the league on their travels and they also win the second lowest amount of aerial duels which kind of tells me they're playing decent football on on the on the ground um whereas Wimbledon are quite low on on pass completion quite they're the second lowest in possession so could actually see Rochdale potentially dominating proceedings here um and basically based upon the sheer amount of goals they score 
I think that they're a bit of a price really on seven uh, at seven to four to score over one point five goals at bet three six five. Um, I think their style could suit this. They they just play with a bit more freedom um, when they're away from home and and yeah, that's that's really my my thinking behind this fixture. So yeah, seven to four for over one point five Rochdale goals at, at bet three six five. Nice one. Okay, let's move over to Tom for the best part of the show. Naps, your best bet of the weekend, please. Yeah, I'm also going to stay in um, stay in England for this one in League Two. It's a price that actually really stood out to me. Forest Green to beat Barrow. They're 19 to 20 with Betway. I think that that's a, a nice way in. Um, mainly because Barrow have a a team away from home and who I'm always happy to get against there. They seem to do well enough at home um, just because the conditions suit them a bit more probably they're used to them. If you haven't been, it's uh, it's right on the coast. Freezing cold, especially at this time of year and um, very windy. Uh, it's very open there so it's no surprise to see them doing okay at home but away from home, I think they've got the worst record in the league. Um, Forest Green are a team that have impressed me for a few years now, to be fair, how, how their process is. Um, they're actually sitting second for expected points in the league, 43.7. Uh, the four for XG ratio too, with a 58% share. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, if you're looking at them at home, they've had a few draws here and there, but I, I've kind of looked at the data on them games and they should have won quite a few. I know Mark Cooper's been quite annoyed after a few of them home games, but I think they might be able to cut loose here. Um, with the likes of Collins, who's been excellent. Jamil Matt's there too. Uh, they did lose Winchester to Sunderland in the transfer market, which is a blow. So yeah, I, I think that when you're looking at these two teams... I was expecting Forest Green to be around four to six. So to see them there even money really stood out to me. I'm not quite sure why they're that price. I know Barrow's um, kind of data is quite good, uh, especially defensively. If you're looking at their XG from open play, Barrow creating 0.66 and conceding 0.66. It's quite fine margins. So. Maybe if you want in a bit of a bigger price, look at Forest Green to win by exactly one goal. But I do think um, they will have too much quality for a Barrow side that haven't haven't convinced me at all um, of where I think that going forward they're lacking uh, quality. And I watched the game uh, against Bradford and they were pretty pretty mediocre. And that's what they've been like on the road all season. So. Forest Green, one of the better sides in the league. I expect them to get the uh, the better of Barrow. And 19 to 20 with Betway, I'm not sure that'll last. I think that should be more uh, five to six come kickoff. So, yeah, I'm already on that. I like that. Forest Green to beat Barrow. Good to hear. It's already in my EFL column on Wheel of Betting. So, nice oh, to hear your seal of approval. Uh, Will, your favourite fancy of the weekend? Yep, uh, Sunday lunchtime, Monaco versus Lorient. Um, Monaco have won eight of their last nine in Ligue 1, um, but quite um, concerningly conceded three to bottom of the league, uh, Nîmes, 
last weekend and now it's just two clean sheets in those nine games so they've basically been winning and both teams scoring consistently really um conceding at a rate higher than the data expects as well those 35 goals conceded which is a lot higher than any of the clubs around them um compared to just 25 expected to have conceded so that probably explains the reason for the both teams to score price in this match being 10 to 11 also with sports nation it's, it's slightly shorter at four to five most places so be quick on this if you are keen on it once i've talked it through um but i think the odds aren't a true reflection of um lorian's upturn really they they play on air fiber hybrid grass um so a plastic pitch um so at home um it's given them some quite amazing form over the years and they've won three of their last four all of those were at home um against uh Rom, Dijon and PSG, no less. Uh, Johan Wisser came on in the 60th minute when they were 2-0. I think they might have been 2-1 down, actually, against PSG. And, yeah, drove the the Bretons to a 3-2 comeback and a 96th minute winner from um, Moffi. Um, but I watched most of that game, and, yeah, two Neymar penalties would have been a harsh way for them to lose. They were they were largely the better side when they had the ball, at least, anyway. Um, still, obviously, PSG dictated possession most of the game but they didn't do as much with it at all um and yeah fcl have now scored in all of the last eight matches so yes some of that good home form is where the wins have come from but they have been quite competitive away from home as well um and they equalized twice against monaco uh earlier in uh, in january actually it wasn't long ago um but they unfortunately went on to lose 5-2 largely due to the fact they had a they had a pretty early um, second half red card. Uh, so they had 10 men for most of the second half. And otherwise, I think that could have been an even closer game. Potentially might have got a draw out of that. Um, so they're scoring freely. So Monaco, um, Christophe Palessia, the manager of, of Lorient, um, won two years ago. They basically took over in 2019 and they won uh, Ligue 2 um, with them in uh, his first season. And has clearly given them a bit of a license to. He, he's been given a license to, to turn it around, really, with them, as they were bottom four games ago, but now had ten points in those last four games, lifting them up to seventeenth. And um, although I do think this could be a stretch too far, I, I think they'll find the back of the net um, in Monaco. Um, and just on a side note as well, um, in this game, Benoit Milo is the referee. He's given a penalty um, in eleven. Well, sorry, he's given 11 penalties in his last 14 games. A couple of those were pen, were games with multiple penalties, but he has the highest average in the league at the moment this season. So maybe something worth looking at. Um, ben Yedder is 11 to 10 to score any time. There's no player to score penalty markets up yet anywhere, but um, that any time goal scorer market could be worth a go. Um, harder to predict for Lorient, um, who's going to take a penalty. Adrian Gerbic. Uh, does when he starts, but he hasn't isn't always starting. And Wissa isn't always starting either at the moment. As I say, came off the bench in a couple of his last games. So one of those two um, could be could be worth a look, though, depending on on what prices we get available. Um, this is on BT Sport uh, on Sunday, Valentine's Day again at noon. Should be a good watch. Um, Darn sight better than Southampton v Wolves, I would I would imagine. So. <laughs> Turn over to turn over to that and then watch um, hopefully a, a ding dong end to end game between these two. 
Yeah, I agree. It should be a really good game. That really looking forward to actually. Lorient play football in the right way, and they're finally starting to get results for their uh, promising play. Let's say uh, has deserved earlier in the season, and they're out of the bottom three now too, which is great for them. Uh, right, I think we've covered all the the major parts. So the only thing that's left is to ask you both if there's anything you haven't been able to mention yet, which you want to share with the listeners. So the floor is yours. I'll go to Will first. Yeah, um, I, I, I hinted at it earlier about um, looking at old boys to pick up yellow cards in the A-League. And I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago with Nigel Bugard uh, at Newcastle Jets. Um, I spent a bit of an unreasonable amount of time the other day looking at correlation between age of players that get carded in Australia and, and the average age of starting eleven. Uh, looked, looked, at, looked at this season and the conclusion is that the average age of um, of a starting 11 is 27.1 um, and the average age of a carded player in the A-League is 27.2. So there's, there's not a whole lot in it when you look at it like that. But, um, How long did this take? Maybe an hour. Um, okay. So, but yeah, anyway, there were, there were some things I drew from it and uh, 40 of the 155 cards given this season have gone to 12 players um, who will each basically, all 12 of those players have had three or more cards. And then the average age of those guys is 30. So it's quite considerably, basically the guys that are picking up the most cards are, are a bit older. You've got a bit of a range between a fair few young, fresher faces getting carded um, and a bit of a distribution with it in the, the majority of multiple carded players being being older players. Um so I do think there's something in this, even if the overall average, it's not always the best way to look at it. Maybe I should have looked at the median instead. But um, other naughty players other than Nigel Bugard um, with age, you, you get. I feel like you get this in A-League because a lot of players go go there to retire. The latest one is Graham Dorans, went from Dundee to Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, since he's gone there, he, before... Uh, in, the, in English and Scottish football, he averaged just 18% of games to be carded. And I know we're early days, but he's been carded in five of seven games for Western Sydney Wanderers. So something worth looking at. The refs there are a bit stricter than they are in the UK as well. So that it, um, And Skybet priced him at 14 to 5 to be carded um, on Tuesday or Wednesday morning um, or evening in Australia. But... Um, and he was only seven to five to be carded at Betfair. So I think there might be a bit of different pricing in this uh, differences in pricing strategy across bookies with sort of recency um, in terms of yeah, players moving to new clubs and things. Um, so if we can get anything two to one or greater on on Dorans to be carded, I'll be going back in. I spent ages trying to find out what the rules were as well in Oz, whether if you get five yellows, you're you're suspended. And I literally can't find it. So he might not even play. The markets aren't open yet, but... Uh, the other naughty players to look at are Victor Sanchez for Western United, Luke Bratton for Sydney FC, Mark Milligan, who will be familiar with a lot of people, a lot of people will be familiar with him, and he's joined that newly started club this season, which is MacArthur. Um, I believe that's in Melbourne as well. Um, and Matt Simon for Central Coast and Roy O'Donovan for also for Newcastle Jets. But just have a look for Graham Dorans in particular this weekend. It's Western Sydney Wanderers versus Melbourne City on Saturday. Very good. Uh, I love the extent you go to to do your research and give the listeners something unique to to bite into at the weekend. So great stuff there, Will. Uh, over to you then, Tom. Anything that you've not mentioned you want to share? 
Yeah, I do think um, Leeds are a little bit big away at Arsenal. Um, you can get them plus half a goal at quite a generous price. Odds against uh, around 21 to 20. I think that that's a bit too big. I, I don't get this Arsenal loving. Um, I was kind of mentioning this to you earlier in the day, Matt, that they have won. Uh, they have lost the last two games. Um, admittedly, they've been a little bit hard done by, but they still failed to score in both of those. And I just think that if you look, if you look at their squad, especially in the forward areas, like they haven't got a proper striker when Abamyang in about, and I just think that Leeds are such a threat, especially away from home, that um, I'd be happy. Uh, getting them on side with the draw as well. I do think that they'll score. I can remember this game uh, in the FA Cup, was it, or the League Cup last season. It might have been the season before. And Leeds absolutely played Arsenal off the park and still didn't manage to win um, somehow. But I think that... Happened at Ellen Road in the reverse as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a mental game. I think that... That's only that's gonna eventually revert to the mean. I think that Leeds are a better side uh, than Arsenal at the minute, if I'm honest. And yeah, if you can get odds against on them to avoid defeat, that that makes plenty of appeal. Um, I also think a bit gonna take a leaf out of Will's book here and uh, take uh, Milivojevic to score a penalty for Palace. They're at home against Burnley this weekend. I appreciate Burnley aren't the most notorious team for fouls and pens and stuff. But when I'm looking at the players that Palace have with Eze, AU, um, Big Ben Teke when he comes on, they've got some threats when they do get into the box. And uh, yeah, we've got Michael Oliver as a ref here who um, loves a penalty, doesn't he? Another two last weekend. And given it's around just shorter than five to one for Palace to score a pen, uh, Milivojevic should start and should play the entire game. He's seven to one to score a pen, and I just think, given how many pens he scored last season, uh, not being as prevalent this season, to be honest, uh, but I think it's worth chanting with Oliver in charge. I can't really see Burnley getting a pen, although they probably will now. But they haven't really got the players to. <laughs> kind of cause damage in the box whereas Powys have a lot of dangerous players and Burnley are only going to sit back which should mean Powys kind of probe their way into the box so 7-1 to one, Milivojevic to score a penalty that was going to be my long shot um, but just taking the, the lad in Cairn for that so I thought it's worth mentioning anyway No, Good stuff, great stuff and good to wrap it up there Plenty of uh, quality insight and, and research pets from the, from the boys this week. Uh, look forward to getting on a few of those uh, ahead of the weekend. So uh, all that's left is to say thank you, guys, to the listeners. Um, always support, always appreciate your social media support. And uh, obviously the guys putting a lot of work researching and sharing these bets on the podcast. So any of your support on social media is, is much, much appreciated. Uh, obviously, hope you're all OK in lockdown. Hopefully sooner the better. The weather improves when we get out of it and we can start living our lives normally again. Um, and uh, obviously hoping you enjoy the football this weekend. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again to the stars of the show, Mr Tom Love. Cheers, all the best, guys. And of course, Mr Will Dyer. Thanks, all. Have a good weekend. Good stuff. This has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Chat soon. Bye.